0: You are listening to This Is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This Is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. With me today on the podcast, I have Caldwell Grant, um, uh, the good thing about like Instagram and social media and the podcast and everything is like, and I, the fact that I'm not like an actual media company is how fast I can move, which is awesome because I saw your post on, I was just pulled it up and was like sa- Monday, Sunday. Uh, it would have been, uh, I believe, let's Sunday. See, Sunday, yeah, three days ago saying, um, and I've kind of followed you for a little while, of senior stuff because mm-hmm. getting it cycling and, and, me seeing that and you know five year anniversary of of your first century ride right and that piqued my interest straight away because that's something i haven't done yet right and i'm getting to my 50 i haven't done my 51 yet but like that's you know it's a goal when you're when you want to get into cycling absolutely you know like that's a huge deal so i mean
0: and now i'm sure it seems like Uh, five years probably doesn't seem that long ago you know it it seems like just yesterday so you know as anybody on socials is aware I'm sure you get the updates and it's like you know this time you know X amount of years ago for me Mm -hmm. that's when that one came up and it was very much it took me back to that time and that place um, because I believe as I wrote in the post that's the moment I transitioned from being just you know a guy on a bike an enthusiast Mm -hmm. to a cyclist um There was there were a lot of training miles that went into that, and it was kind of the culmination of up to that point what had been a three year journey to be able to be in a position to do something like that. And it was just really great. I mean, even looking back on it now, having done a couple and, you know, being a full time bike commuter and Hmm. just kind of seeing how those things play out out on the road every day you know that's that was a very very special moment for me and i it's one of those things that you kind of carry it with you like you don't yeah. talk about it but if it comes up you're like oh well it just so happens you know kind of yeah. that type of energy
1: yeah it's like a I mean, it's like a and I, it's kind of like when you get your patch, right? And you do a right. ride, and you know, when runners they get medals, and bike usually get a patch, right? Um, and you just get that, and you wear it with pride because you know you've done this race or you've done this, so you just achieved something, right. right? And it's easier to have a backpack with a hundred patches on it than it is to have a medal, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you, know, you can have your biking backpack, and someone can pretty much tell how good you are, what you've done or who you are by the patches and experiences that you've had. Exactly. They might not see a runner walk into a shop or ride on their bike. Right. And like, you know, you would never know unless you asked them, you know, their medal Absolutely. collection, right? Absolutely. which yeah, is pretty that. much it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think like when I saw that post and then, you know, I saw the initially saw the bike thing and then I read deeper into it. Um, I think, you know, you're totally right with cyclists being like predominantly, white sport, right? Right. And, I mean, I'm not big in cycling. I don't know a lot about the professional side of cycling, but I assume that there has to be some really, really, really good black cyclists out there.
0: Yeah, um, there are the um, Justin and Corey Williams, Mm -hmm. who are on the American Criterium circuit, are incredible. I mean, just to watch them is awesome. Um, If you look at the You know, the UCI sanctioned races, uh, Tour de France, the Mm -hmm. Giro d'Italia, it's kind of like a game of dominoes. You know, it's a it's a few black spots in a Mm -hmm. sea of white. Yeah. And that's one of the motivators for that post in particular is having started out. um, I started my Instagram account in, I believe, 2013. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it was just, you know, a way to kind of show what I was doing. And as I kind of wanted to firm up that narrative, it became about, you know, these these rides that I was taking, the things that I was seeing in my day to day Mm -hmm. from the saddle. And I never really thought of myself as part of that story. I was just the person delivering the narrative, and I wasn't a character in that story. Um, The course of events Mm -hmm. over the last few weeks nationwide has really Kind of awoken in me a desire to place myself within that narrative because it's important mm-hmm. for people to see people that look like them doing things that you don't normally see them doing. It's the same as Tiger Woods in golf. It's the same as Venus and Serena Williams in tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, representation matters. You know, you if there's a kid somewhere in the city right now who may see me ride by on my bike next week and think that's awesome. That's a cool bike. Mm -hmm. That dude looks like he's having a great time. I would like to do that. And even if I never meet that kid, that's important. If that kid, you know, stumbles across my Instagram page, they can see that there, there is a place for them Mm -hmm. in this activity. It's not just for a certain type of person. Um, Or it may be, you know, an individual a bit older. Like, hey, I want to try to get in shape. I found athletics late in life. Um, Mm. I didn't start cycling seriously until 2012. I was, like, I think 28 years old. Um, You know, for the most part, I was... I I mean, I had ridden bikes, like most people, you know. But I had never purchased a high-end bicycle, Mm -hmm. purchased gear, and... I really made a concerted effort in 2012 to kind of transition myself from, you know, the Huffies and the Schwinn's to the high end bikes, the bikes that I was seeing on TV that I was seeing guys like Chris Froome ride and things like that. Um, And now, you know, looking back at it, it's very much a progression. You get the, the nice bike and then you want to get the nice gear you know and you're like okay i've got my jersey this is fantastic but my butt hurts you know the saddles aren't, <laughs> they're not yeah. the most forgiving you yeah. know so you get the uh the padded bib and then you're like this is incredible now i'm going 20 miles 30 miles um you want to get more torque so you buy the clipless pedals and the shoes and you know before you know it it's a whole thing you're you're an actual cyclist and i feel like being able to talk about that progression and being able to show people, specifically people that look like me, but really just people in general, that that's something that anybody can do. You don't have to be born into it. You don't have to have money. You don't have to look a certain type of way or be a certain type of person. I feel like it's very important.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that I'm, you know, seeing that post and going back through your Instagram and what you said, like, you know, you weren't a character on what you were doing because it was always pictures of the bike. Where Where is the bike? Where am I at? The background, right. that's where I'm at. This is what I've done today. But you would, like I said, you were never in it. Right. And I think, you know, people, you know, so I think it takes... Just getting used to taking pictures of yourself somewhere is right. weird sometimes, right? Like even, you know, because it's it's obviously a humble thing too. You're like, well, no one wants to see me, do right. they? You know, everyone wants to hear the story, but no one wants to see me in that or whatever it is, right? Um, so that I, you know, but yeah, like you said, what, what's gone on, you know, current events and just being in such a sport that isn't known, like you said, for. Um, you know, black cyclists or I think, and like you said, with golf, like I'm a big golfer, so what brought me to the States. Right. Um, I mean, I'm born in the 90s, like Tiger was my hero growing up and right. still is. Um, but you're right, like there's so many people in who got into golf because of Tiger Woods, regardless of what race they were, but right. especially and totally now I see what you, were, I'm glad you posted that by saying, okay even if one person one kid sees me or one old man or whatever it is like right. that's really cool to have to, I mean, it's really cool to actually realize it now not like right. in 10 years time right? right because you know in 10 years time you're going to be cycling even more or whatever or you know or maybe less whatever it right. is but you would have had 10 years of cycling for you know doing 40, 30 mile rides all the time and just for people seeing that you know precisely yeah Cat on the table. Cat on the table. She's <laughs> very right. curious. Yeah, um, um, but no, I, I like that's that's really cool to have that, and I'm sure you when when someone does come up to you and say whenever it may be, I got into cycling because I saw your post, and I realized that there is a community there that we can build. That's going to feel amazing whenever that happens. Right. It might have already happened. I don't know.
0: Well, and there's really been uh, I, as far as the the post that you mentioned, uh, there's been a growth leading up to that, um, shout out to a good friend of mine, art. Um, he, you know, is, was my cycling partner until Mm -hmm. he moved to another state. And, you know, he credited me with getting him into cycling and being able to answer questions that he had and just offer advice. I mean, I'm no expert. I'm still learning things every day, Mm -hmm. but I really enjoy being able to share what I've picked up along the way because I have a really great network. Um, people at local bike shops, friends, mm-hmm. you know, that are just able to offer good solid advice. And I was able to pass that along to him and seeing him be able to go from again just, you know, a, a casual hobbyist to upgrading bikes, buying new equipment, it's mm-hmm. just really great and that's always been something that's really really you know, I don't, you don't want to seem really vain, you don't want to sure. get juiced up about yeah. it, but um It's just, it's a good feeling, and you can't help but feel good about it. Um, I remember specifically one time, I guess it would have been probably about 2013, 2014, I was riding my bike down Northeast 23rd Street, and I stopped at a stoplight. Guy was sitting uh, on the curb about to cross the street, and he says, you know, man, you look like a superhero. (laughs) And he was like... Maybe he was, you know, poking a little bit of fun. I'm wearing, you know, all my life. Everything matches. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I look like I'm part of a team. But, you know, it's it was really great. Like, even yeah. if he was, you know, poking fun a little bit, that's a great feeling. And, it is. You're you know, right. Once you get over being self-conscious about looking like, you know, bacon wrapped in Vaseline, you, you, <laughs> can, you feel really good about that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Man. I
1: haven't got to that stage yet. I have the shorts. I don't have the jersey yet. Um I've worn a couple, just like just try on. Right. My friends have given me some, and they just didn't fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and I, I've lost weight since then as well. <laughs> right. um, but I will get, you know, there is. It's just progression, isn't it? Like, Truly. and it is going to come a point where um, now that I'm starting to get serious about training, and and I have a, like a race goal that's that's next year, and that's what my training towards. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just inevitable that right. I'm going to go that way. And, um, you know, like, that's how, that's what happened for you. You know, now we're, we're sat in the, in the, quote, bike shop, right? In right. the room in the house. And, you know, you've got, what, four bikes in here? One yeah, is that's sons. just the ones that aren't taken you know? apart. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like it, but it's great. Like, it's it just whatever you get into, it just becomes, you know, you're, full, you, you're all in. It becomes a hobby and you just progress through it and love what you're doing, don't you? Like Absolutely.
0: It's, yeah, it's, you know, and it's really great, you know, to have something to do and this is it's an expensive hobby you know there there are a lot of Mm -hmm. decisions that get made around this and uh in the financial arena um but one thing that's great about it is that i have this hobby that i can actually use to develop a skill and it's like i always tell my son once you learn something once you have it as a skill no one can take it away from you oh yeah you know i have I'm not the best At working on my own bikes A lot of times It's a frustrating situation mm-hmm. Where I'll try something out And then I'm like Alright well I'm just gonna go ahead And take this to the shop And let the professionals yeah, Handle that it
1: That first time you, you, you get a puncture right. And you're out on the road And you're like I have no idea What I'm doing
0: Right like, But I've uh, been there After <laughs> that You know um, Once you have a handle on it it's in there forever and like i've i have this and so now i can i can work on these bikes i can coach my son about Uh, working on his bike and you know positions on the bicycle to help him be a little bit more comfortable and things like that um you did mention a race goal you had like i don't have a particular race goal i don't have a real competitive side to me okay but i really really enjoy riding distance like i enjoy challenging myself to you know put up the 60s and 70 mile rides in a day just for fun you know um one thing that i've learned to do is instead of just riding the empty miles i will give myself a goal i'm -hmm. going to go to this destination i'm going to see this thing and a lot of times that gives me an opportunity to you know take pictures and develop you Mm -hmm. know that narrative along my instagram uh and then once I get to where I'm going, hey, maybe I figure out, oh, this wasn't that great, you know. Yeah. But at least I didn't waste the trip just by riding, you know, 60 miles, turning around and coming home. Sure. So yeah. Yeah, and I guess you, the things that the things that you start to see when you get out
1: of town a little bit and you're riding, you know, right. like I said, 30 miles out, 30 miles back, kind of thing, and right. You know, you, you're gonna go to a coffee shop that you've probably never been to, and you mean, you know, if you had a car, you probably wouldn't go that way or right. whatever it is. Like that's the great thing about just jumping on a bike and you know, absolutely. Riding especially when you get comfortable riding that distance.
0: Right, right. And you what's know? really what's really fantastic about it is that, um, at least for me, it has really kind of made me a lot more aware. Mm-hmm. Um, I pay much closer attention to things now um, because you have to when you're, you know, obviously you're out among cars in traffic, you kind of have to be paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've noticed that now when I'm off the bike, I notice things that you know my friends that drive everywhere typically don't notice. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a early morning coffee ride with a good friend of mine a couple of months back before uh, lockdown went into effect, and you know was pointing things out here and there. And she was like, you know, I've lived in the city for several years and I've never even seen that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. of course not. Like you, you're never paying attention, which is fine. It's, yeah. That's not you know I'm not taking shots at people in cars, but. If When you are out moving a little bit slower and your pace is a little bit more deliberate, you have an opportunity to notice these things. It's yeah. the whole stop and smell the roses yeah, thing. You yeah, yeah.
1: And I think it's, I mean, having ridden my bike for, I don't know, I'm probably at three, I don't know, maybe th- between three and 400 miles, I'd like mm-hmm. say, probably like a total seat time. Right. It's so not a grand total in, you know, in the grand scheme of things, not a huge amount, but... It is much easier to text and drive, sadly, than it is to text and ride. Absolutely, and that's I think another thing is you notice stuff because you have to pay more attention. Right to Oklahoma roads, yes. <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, we've been gifted with some amazing bike paths around right. the city, but when you start getting out of town and you're oh, on these, yeah. you know, little country roads which are beautiful, there's a few potholes or a dog might run out oh, and yeah. scare the life out of you. You know, yeah. that happened to me a couple of road to El Reno and back. I'm like, this tiny little dog came out of mm-hmm. some. You know, drive where I didn't see him coming. If I heard him, yeah, he, I, it's like, you know, I would do more harm to him if I hit him. But right. I he scared the life out of me.
0: Oh, yeah. It's you know, uh, you know I had a similar situation. I had uh, ridden out to Luther yeah, and was on my way back. Thought I had more time than I did and started to lose the light. And as I'm coming back on either side of the road, I just hear like animals in the bushes. And I'm like, OK, it's probably like a raccoon or something. And, you know, as I get further down the road, I keep hearing the same kind of skittering sound. And I'm like, well, this seems like I'm being followed. You know, just get, <laughs> got a little paranoid. Things that you don't normally hear yeah. here on the city streets, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when you're out that far, you know, I one thing that I actually spoke to my friend Art about, who I mentioned earlier, is uh, he doesn't like to ride those, you know, two-lane country mm. roads way outside the city. He's, he's a little nervous about it. And... With good reason. You know, it's like if something happens to you out here, chances are you're going to end up in a bad way. Um, One thing that I really enjoy about that, though, is you do have that solitude out there. Mm -hmm. You know, those are less traveled roads, lightly traveled roads, and you're not going to have a lot of interaction with traffic. You can take things at a pace that's comfortable for you and really kind of go inside yourself, Mm -hmm. which is what attracted me to cycling anyway. You know, yeah. like I mentioned, I'm not a competitive sports guy. I have two younger brothers. They're both football players, you know, athletes and just kind of monsters of men, like yeah. giants. I'm the oldest in the runt of the litter. So, <laughs> you know, but uh yeah. that's kind of their that's their lane, you know, and I'm not I would much rather compete with myself and, you know, set goals for myself and then yeah. attack them versus have to worry about am I going to beat someone else's time am I going to you know where am I going to land on the podium that's just never been my thing so I like to get out on those small roads every now and then I'll take down a dirt road I, you know with my skinny tires it's not the best plan but you know I like to get out and do that every now and then just to See what I can do within myself mm. and what what boundaries I can push. That's yeah. a good time.
1: Yeah, and even the dirt road stuff like that. That race I'm working towards is a gravel race, mm-hmm. and like I haven't done any of it yet. Yeah. But um, just here in the community and seeing people do it and listening, and watching YouTube's great, right? Watching right. any videos right. on anything you want, um, and kind of to the point of like no one's out there except for you. I mean, right. the only people driving down country gravel roads are either people who live there or maybe the old clown in a Jeep, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> He's trying to get stuck somewhere yeah, for fun. you know, out having a good time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I really love to get out, you know, far outside the city. And the, the great thing about Oklahoma City is that if you ride 30 minutes in any direction, you're going to mm. be a, a fair ways into a rural area yeah. or at least more rural than the city proper. Um, and so I, that's really been a great time for me because when you go out, into those places mm-hmm. you know when you make these stops and you have an opportunity to meet people and have really like human interactions they they get very curious about the bike you know and they ask oh you know how far are you coming and you tell them oh well, i came from the city and they're you know it's like wow that's a long way or yeah. you know how are you getting back well i'm gonna ride back the same way i got out here you know um but it's just a really great way to like meet people and have a fun you know five minute conversation because yeah. everyone knows what a bike is it's instantly recognizable and people love to talk about them so yeah. it's just it's it's awesome to go into those smaller areas and have those you know little snippets of interaction in between these larger stretches of highway yeah
1: know? yeah yeah and and the good thing. The thing about like cycling, too, right, is when you pull over and you stop and you're dressed in all your gear, you look exactly like someone who's on TV doing it, right? Right. They don't know that you're good. They don't know that you're amazing. They don't know that you might have just been this is the first time you've ever ridden a bike. They right. don't know that. Exactly. But it piques their interest, doesn't it? Because you, right. the way that cyclists look is very close to professional, what the professional guys are doing. Oh, yeah. I love that.
0: I yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. Um, I rode to Roman Nose last yeah. summer. and. Stopped um, a short ways away. I think I was probably about 20 miles away from the actual state park. Just needed some time out of the saddle. So, you know, hopped off my bike, stretched my legs. Um, A guy was working and he pulled up. He was doing like oil field inspections. He pulls up and he's like, hey, everything okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Um, And we chatted for a minute. Uh, He's, you know, amazed that he's like, you're so far away from home, dude. And I'm like, yeah, and it's really hot, you know, and we just had this really cool, very human moment where he was like i've got some gatorades in the back if you want one you know of course absolutely i'd like a gatorade um but you're right you know people see that and it's like they're they're the question that i run into a lot is like what are you doing this for you know a lot of times i feel like people are expecting you know oh i'm riding for charity or i you know this is my job no i'm just a guy you know i really really like bikes and have a special kind of personality where i don't mind suffering for eight hours in the saddle you know yeah so. and that definitely takes a
1: lot of getting used to doesn't oh it? yeah you know like people who have never ridden a road bike or have ridden it maybe two or three times that you know the first time they get on their bike they're like how do you do this all day yeah. like my butt really right.
0: <laughs> that's the big one that's the big one right there oh. it's about but you know you can there are things you can do to mitigate that, mm-hmm. but really what it comes down to is, can I just ignore it? Yeah. Um, And I've been very fortunate to have the type of personality where, you know, mm-hmm. eight hours in the saddle, if I stop and take a break after six hours, I'll be good for another two. Yeah. You know, Um the legs will be fine. I can always ride slower and catch my breath. Yeah. And, you know... I can make adjustments to my posture and my bike fit to make myself a little bit more comfortable or a little bit more aggressive posture if I want to go faster. But, you know, it's just at some point you have to really look at yourself and say, all right, well, this is going to suck. Yeah. And you're just going to have to deal with that. And so that's been really it's one of those things that has really woken up in me. The fact that I actually do suffer well, you know, and when you when things don't go your way, in other facets of mm-hmm. life because i know this about myself i tend not to be shaken yeah by just you know plans not going right how i envisioned them so it's it's i've learned a lot of things about myself from cycling that i can apply to mm-hmm. you know several other parts of my life and you know it's just like taking it slow taking it easy i'm never in a rush to get anywhere anymore yeah. um i ride a bike pretty much everywhere all the time and have learned that, you know, here in the city I'm thirty or forty five minutes away from anywhere yeah. and if I really, really want to get there fast, I can hammer the pace and get there in twenty five minutes. So yeah. you know, there's there's lessons that I've taken from that and have tried to impart them to my kids and, you know, yeah. to my friends and I'm sure they get sick of me always talking about my bike. Everything's a bike conversation. So I'm sure they're very, <laughs> yeah. very sick of that. But it's important to me and i i've come to a place in my life where i feel like i want to share that with people sure. now so it's just it's a fun thing to see in myself the growth from where i was then to where i am now yeah
1: i agree with you on like the just make you know how you can endure a sport right and how that translates to just everyday life like every endurance athlete knows exactly what you're talking about right because mm-hmm. if you can suffer through a 6 hour run or an 8 hour bike ride or you know a swim or whatever it is like mentally if you can get through that
0: right you can pretty much get through anything right. else right exactly I mean you know I've I've been fortunate enough to have never have a serious injury um, even on the days when I don't feel like doing it and I make myself get mm-hmm. up and do it afterwards I still feel pretty good you know so yeah. yeah I mean if I can if I can manage to you know knock down a 50 mile goal that I set for myself on a day like today when it's yeah. nearly 90 degrees with 30 or 40 mile per hour wind gusts then yeah i you know st- yeah. sitting in the drive-through line at mcdonald's isn't gonna kill me <laughs> you know i'll take my time and wait it's fine <laughs> so yeah
1: yeah and that's that's you're right like just little everyday experiences like that some you know raise people's pro- blood pressure for absolutely no right. reason and it's like well
0: yeah, yeah don't and worry about it <laughs> yeah that's that's exactly where i land on yeah. a lot of that stuff i'm like okay well you know can we do anything about it yeah. we can't cool then let's not worry about right. it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned
1: you have two younger brothers and, and, you know, you with son's bikes in the room and your son's mm-hmm. in the other room playing on video games. Like what's before cycling, like what, you know, are you born and raised here? What's family
0: like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm actually Oklahoma city native. Um, spent some time out in Seminole County, which is where my mother is from. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually the second oldest of four. I have three other brothers and growing up with, brothers is awesome it's like you know you always have a team right that has your back it's fantastic um and i mean we were i honestly don't know how my parents put up with us because we were insane kids i mean when we lived in the country we would like rollerblade down highway nine you know, <laughs> just <laughs> insane stuff that when i look at it now it's like oh man if my kids did that i'd have a heart attack yeah. you know um but yeah i'm still local my brothers are local um they have families now. I have four kids. They have almost as many. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's great to have that network here. You know, I've, I've been I've, I've been able to, and been fortunate enough to uh, travel a few places and take my bike and ride in a few different places. And really, Oklahoma City is home. Yeah. You know, no place to me moves like this place does, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so no matter where I land, really, I feel like i'll always circle back and come here because i have roots here like my family has history here you know there are several generations of us here in oklahoma city and luther from you know my great great grandparents on down to my kids now so it's important for me um to be a part of this place and it's been really interesting to see the directions and the ways in which this city has grown yeah you know over the last 20 to 25 years it's been really fantastic seeing it you know I I always talk about Bricktown in particular Mm -hmm. um I'm old enough to remember when Bricktown was a wasteland yeah and now it's the preeminent you know destination um the, the Scissor Tail Park and all of that. You know, I remember when there was nothing there. Mm. And now, like, it's been great to see the growth and to see how the city has been yeah. built up over the years. And also the people, you know, the, the diversity of people, the influx of new faces and new ideas here um, has been really, really yeah. awesome. If you go back to even, you know, the early 2000s, uh, when I was in high school, you would never see... You know cyclists riding around the city it yeah. was just it's not that they weren't here it's just something that you didn't see there were no bike trails there was mm-hmm. no real cycling infrastructure you know you could ride around lake hefner you could ride around lake Overholser. you were riding in your neighborhood mm-hmm. but i never saw cyclists on the streets going to any destinations you would never see cyclists at like coffee shops right. like you do now and There's been just a complete shift in the culture. Um, A lot of that, you know, comes from the top with initiatives to get people more active and Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, And I think a lot of that has also come with the fact that people just this is. A much more fun city to be outside in now Mm -hmm. so it's been really really incredible watching that and i'm kind of excited to see what happens next you know as as the local boy i'm like you know you root for your city so it's like yeah this is this is home this is awesome and i'm i'm interested to see the ways in which it continues to grow yeah i love bringing people here i love having family come here friends from back
1: home like it's I'm proud, like I said, you get proud of it because yeah. you see how far, even I've been here almost 10 years and I've seen how much it's grown. And like, you know, the same for you, double that amount of time. Like, just, I mean, it's it's amazing, isn't it? it is. It's only going to continue.
0: It is. And, you know, they, the talk a few years ago um, was, you know, Oklahoma is a big league city now yeah. after the Thunder showed up. Sure. Big league city. Well, it's always been a big league city to the people who live here and love it. Um, yeah. I'm I'm old enough to remember, you know, when like, channel nine had the the, when they were like oh we're big nine and you know all of their on-air personalities wore like cowboy hats and stuff and so like to see the shift from kind of like a big small town to a actual big city you know we're we're not there yet but we're growing you know and it's just it's really really fun to see that and to also have that historical background to like be able to share that stuff with my kids and then they look at me and they're like man you're old so, <laughs> like people wore cowboy hats on yeah, the news on what the, on tv yes <laughs> yes and gary england told the weather what to do it was fantastic <laughs> yeah One true yeah. yeah his whole
1: uh what is it plate of nachos and a glass of red wine or whatever oh, yeah. his famous line absolutely yeah, yeah. i've yeah. only seen that on youtube never seen it in real life sadly <laughs> sadly i missed that boat but, right uh awesome uh so like what you know what's what's work for you what, I know the Instagram your Instagram says mm-hmm. fearless leader is that anything to do with what you do for work
0: it actually isn't um that was a moniker that an old classmate gave me okay and you know she just kind of threw it out there and I ran with it um I you know as of right now like a lot of people that were in the service industry mm-hmm. I'm just waiting on things to spin back up yeah um, shouts out to all of my service industry friends out there um, but you know I'm a a prep chef. As of right now, by trade, um, background in sales. I did that for, oh man, uh, almost ten years. Yeah. Uh, worked in corporate uh, sales, and really, it's it's funny because the same month that I did that, or excuse me, not the same month, the same year that I wrote my first century was the year that I decided I was not doing corporate work anymore. Yeah. Um, I had been, if I'm, if memory serves, it would have been Labor Day of 2015, Labor Day weekend. Yeah. And you know, working a cubicle farm, I'm on the phone with customers all day. Cubicle farm. Never heard that. Yeah. (laughs) So true. On the phone with customers all day, and I had had a really mm, combative conversation with a customer who was not happy with what i was able to do for them and it was really at that moment that i was like okay i i can't do this anymore like this is no longer who i am um took the long weekend off talked to a good friend of mine about it who was in the same field at the time in a uh, coaching and development position and you know his background like i said coaching and development he wants to talk me through it you know yeah. are you making the right decision what's in it for you if you do this versus if you do something else and um you know we took that whole weekend and we just volleyed off of each other back and forth back and forth with this and when i got back to work that tuesday i gave my notice yeah i was like i'm i'm done and haven't looked back um no disrespect to anybody working a corporate nine to five we need those people in those positions someone has to do that job and you know more power to you because I realized that weekend that it just wasn't who I was anymore Um, I kind of made a promise to myself that from then on I would just work A jobs that I wanted to work and B I would work as much as I needed to to meet my obligations and then I would fill the rest of my time with things that I felt like enriched me. Like I wanted to kind of invest back into myself. Um, So, yeah, I I actually, after I left that job, I think I took that entire winter off and then uh, started working for a restaurant group here in Oklahoma City in the spring and just kind of never looked back. I was able to uh, meet some really good people, some really talented chefs here in the city and kind of help develop some skills. Um, I always like to cook. Yeah, you, you must know. love it. You yeah. must really like to cook, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I really, really, I like to eat is what it is. But, uh, <laughs> but you know. Yeah. Well, uh, now it's probably gone into a more nutritional cooking. And nutritional oh, man, cooking. I wish that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real I, reason why yeah, you cycle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if I didn't, I would just, it would be, I would yeah. look like the blueberry girl from Willy Wonka <laughs> and the Chocolate Factory. Um, I really, I like to eat, but my, yeah. my big my Achilles heel is sugar. Like I've got sure. a sweet tooth. So, you know, I'll never be as fit as I could be yeah. drinking 32 ounce ices every day. So, yeah. yeah. So
1: when you came, when, when when you have that brainstorm and you land on cooking. Right. Um, and becoming a chef, and you know, then you, I guess, your eyes are open to what is in town, right? Because our, oh, yeah. our food and our food industry, since
0: I've been here, has gone nuts. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. Right? Like, Oklahoma City is really a city for foodies now. Um, there's There are so many different options, you know, and it doesn't matter where you're located in the city from the, you know, mom and pop proprietorships all the way up to these huge restaurant groups that have five and six and seven different concepts here in the city, you really there's no limit to the options that you have. And if you're into food, you know, I mean, and not just like, oh, I like cheeseburgers. But if you're a person who's really into food, this mm-hmm. is really kind of a, a renaissance period for being here in the city. It's a great time. You can kind of go to different places that are playing around with flavors or, or plating. And, you know, it's there's a lot of artistry that's mm-hmm. being carried out now, which I think is great. So, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I didn't know this until, like, I
1: guess the news posted probably something about it or someone told me, but, like, we have some really good chefs here, too, right? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, like, if, if really memory serves, stuff. I believe we had, um, one of the local restaurants here was voted like the best new restaurant in the That's nation. That's right.
1: Yeah. Uh, what was that place called? None such. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Todd is it? Todd. What, I'm maybe? I'm
0: not sure honestly, uh, uh, but
1: you know but I, yeah, I remember I saw, reading yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah which so, is like and that's kind of a specialty place too right it's right.
0: like a set dinner set menu right you come in experience it down and exactly and prior to you know the last few years we hadn't had that here yeah. it was you know we had steakhouses come and get a four ninety nine shoe steak leather too. steak yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. yeah but you know it's, it's awesome now that we have these types of places you can go to sit down have an experience um, and uh, another thing that's great about you know, the cycling is that I can pick a place in a town that I don't live in Mm -hmm. and ride out to that place and have a different experience than I would, you know, on, if on a saturday night you know if i was taking the family yeah. out for wings or something like that so yeah it's really a, like i said it's a renaissance period here for food in the city and it's incredible especially if you like to eat and you like to eat good food mm. yeah absolutely what is your i guess special treat
1: place then oh man I mean, there's gonna be so many i'm sure
0: yeah there's a list but here's the thing this is this is probably gonna make a lot of people laugh waffle champion yeah yeah I love waffle champion they have um, like a s'mores thing okay it's like ai don't even know if it's like a french toast or a waffle all I know is it's marshmallows and chocolate and deliciousness and I I really really love it so yeah, yeah that's my thing but um you know I, there's so many. I really, really enjoy Goro um, mm-hmm. for ramen. And then uh, there are a couple of pho places over in, on Klassen that I really enjoy. So, you know, really, it depends on what mood takes me that day. Yeah. Um, I'll go and check that out. I like Nash Bird a lot, too. You know, go down there and get a hot chicken. And they've yeah. got a. Uh, that cookies are good, too. Oh, yeah. Incredible. They have a um, frozen Jack and Coke that is amazing yeah so yeah i tried that oh that's awesome yeah yeah put that on the list because it's great frozen
1: yeah that's on a day like today that's
0: (laughs) right that's 50 degrees (laughs) (laughs) outside oh that's
1: got me thinking about just frozen drinks in general now amazing um so what i guess what would what's like what do you like to cook then what is your favorite dishes or favorite kind of
0: i say genre of food um, for me, I like flavors. I like okay. to play around with different flavors. So I like to combine like salty and sweet or, you know, sweet and savory. I yeah. like to kind of play around with that. But um, when it comes down to it, I'm, I'm just kind of a basic dude from the town. Uh, my favorite meal is steak and eggs. Yeah. So, you know, that's I, I really, really enjoy a good steak, too. You know, cook it rare. We don't have to do anything crazy. Just a little salt and pepper and bring me my eggs sunny side up and we are good to go you know um and then coffee by the pot just (laughs) keep it coming other than that i mean you know i like to like i said i like to play around with things i get in the kitchen sometimes i'll try something out and it works out and it's really great um my kids really really enjoy when i make chicken and waffles Uh um I have a good time making soups, I I like to play with that and try different things there and sauces as well. Um, Not that great with desserts, but uh, I'm working on it, you know, trying to teach myself a little bit more about how to bake and things like that, but uh, I I really, when it comes to me and just what my favorite thing is, they're basics, you know, the staple foods that you grew up on. I like rice a lot. I eat it. I, I think I probably have. 20 pounds of rice left of my 50 pound (laughs) bag that I had. So, yeah. Not being good at cooking, not being good at doing like sweet stuff is probably a good
1: thing though, right? Probably. For now. Yeah, for now. For (laughs) now. (laughs) Until you got a little older and you're like, okay, now I'm really, I can bake this stuff. Yeah. I was up at um, the ganache pastry place up Mm -hmm. up near Chisholm Creek or in Chisholm Creek. Um, Those guys are from Argentina. Mm -hmm. Um, Awesome couple from Argentina and they just make the best looking treats and sweets and like I mean there you could you could get hungry just watching their Instagram feed of them pouring oh, wow. like glazed stuff up. I mean it's just yeah for everyone listening just go to ganache pastry and it's just <laughs> yeah it's, i I apologize in advance he's <laughs> gonna be so hungry it's just food shouldn't look that good right but it does and they're just the artists at it um, but uh I mean back to cycling and, mm-hmm. and I think you know just this current situation um, and just how difficult the conversations of people are having that they need to have right but just opening everyone's eyes and and just you know and I think I've definitely felt like a little bit of a pressure just by having a following right right? and I think a lot of other people have but you know just to post more and speak more about it um, and the truth is like I don't have any experience at all right I am a white guy who's 29 from the UK right um, and like I told my wife, like there was, uh, there was f- three in a school in my school year of th- there was three hundred of us in my grade. Right. There was three black kids. Right. Right. So like I've just never been a you know grown up in any situation at all compared to what is going on now. Right. Um. And like and I have great friends, you know, some who are i made in college they're just they're amazing at what they do they're they're uh deanne if she's listening she's one of them and she's just very good at speaking poet poet writer stuff and you know i don't like out an accent it's hard <laughs> enough coming <laughs> right. here like and i mean not harder but like if i if it's a little difficult for me to come here or me to be anywhere i can't imagine how difficult it is to be in your shoes your son's right. shoes your family's shoes like and you know, I think since everything's gone on, I mean, I've spoken to all my friends about it, um, but you would be the first person who actually sat across the table and had a conversation right. to, um, and regardless if the microphones were on or not, like, that's right. not the reason why I'm here, is to, oh, you know, tick the box, you know, right, post because exactly. this podcast will go out in two or three weeks, and by then, something else might have happened, yeah. who knows, um, but I mean. It, I just I just want to talk about it. I'm just curious about it, and right. I want to learn more about it. Um, and with someone who has a platform to share more stories, like I feel that it needs to be done, and I have right. I have the opportunity to, so I'm going to do it. Right. So. And well, you know,
0: it's it. You you hit on a really good point that these conversations are very difficult, mm-hmm. but they need to be. You know, they, they if it was easy, yeah. If this was a thing that was simple. It w- we would already be there. Mm. Um, the fact that it is difficult is important for us to recognize that it's not just something that will go away. You know, I, b- I believe it's been nine days since mm. George Floyd. Um, it's If it t- was going to take nine days to fix, w- it would be fixed. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't be sitting here even having to bring it up. Right. Um, it's important for people with platforms however large or however small um, whatever type of following you have it's important that if you feel something that you can if you feel that you can contribute in some way that you do that mm-hmm. um, it's it's no longer enough that we say you know oh well that's you know that's not fair everyone should be treated the same you have to take an active role in trying to A, bring more people into the conversation. Mm -hmm. And B, you know, it's, it's, I always kind of go back to the initial invasion, or excuse me, not the initial, but, you know, the invasion of Iraq in 2003, when they were like, okay, hearts and minds, hearts and minds. That's, that's the mission right now, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we have people's attention. Um, Unfortunately, something tragic had to happen for the world to... Pay attention, like they are now, yeah. but it couldn't have happened at a more advantageous time. There are no sports happening, mm. you know. It's the middle of summer, or you know, late yeah. spring. Everyone is was locked down. We're all in the home, focused on our televisions and our mm. devices. There was no way that this couldn't have turned into the kind of the conflagration sure. that it is, um, and so even me with you know the small platform that I have, I feel like it's important for me to contribute to that conversation in mm-hmm. some way. And even if that contribution is just making someone aware that, hey, you can be a part of this situation, you can be a part of this group, even if you aren't what that group traditionally looks like or mm-hmm. traditionally is, like that, then I'm okay with that. Yeah. And like I said, if it's just one person, you know, that takes that away from it, then I've done my part because they'll inspire one person and that person will inspire anyone and the growth will be exponential. Um, and so I feel like it's important for us to continue to have these types of difficult conversations and, yeah. Engage with people that come from different backgrounds and people that have viewpoints that challenge ours. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's actually particularly important because you should hold up your beliefs to scrutiny. And if your beliefs don't hold up to that scrutiny, change your beliefs. You know, um, I feel like that's a for me, that's real simple. You know, for other people that are a lot more entrenched in this thing. It might not be as simple, but really that's what it comes down to at the end of the day is that we have to take on ourselves. Like I talked about with cycling, I'm not racing anybody. I'm racing yeah. myself. Yeah, We all have to take that mentality when it comes to the world that we're living in. We have to really hold the mirror up to ourselves mm. and ask ourselves, hey, Am I the best person that I can be, first of all? And is that person doing everything they can to make sure everything, I you know, it's tough. I don't want to throw around the word equitable um, mm-hmm. because, you know, everything isn't always equal. Everything is always fair. But we all have to be we have to come out of the starting blocks the same. And for one group in this country that, you know, we've had way more hurdles we didn't charge out of the starting blocks Mm -hmm. like the other group and so that's important to recognize and it's important that we all get on board with trying to rectify that yeah yeah there's there's that
1: video that's going to be resurfaced right of Mm -hmm. the the the, um the sprint race right Right. that video and that video has been out for two or three years now but it's gladly being resurfaced and right. that's a very accurate representation of what you just said Yeah, uh, and people don't realize that and the kids in the video don't realize that right? Um, but it takes a lot more people to do that to use that as an example or do that in their own way and show right. people in their own way and yeah like it's I mean, did you go? Were you in any of the process? Did you go and see anything? Um, the I just, I watch a few news Saturdays and stuff. ago, I believe. Yeah, the first um, one, That right? came
0: through the Plaza District sure. and down uh, 23rd. Yeah, I was there for that. Um, and, you know, it was afterwards um, because I, you know, I left. I've got my little one. So yeah. I came on home. But, um, you know, I heard that there had been some some property damage and things like that. And that was really, really that like that sort of surprised me right. because that wasn't the energy I got from that crowd. Um, again, I wasn't there to see yeah. it. I, I can't say one way or the other, but it just feels like um, both sides are very entrenched in what they believe. Mm-hmm. But for me, it comes down to one side is right, you know, and one side is, absolutely wrong Mm -hmm. um because it's no longer about politics it's it's like morality you Mm -hmm. know we can we can disagree about politics all day but at the end of it i to me and you know walking around in the skin that i walk around in every day it feels like one side is saying it doesn't matter you know Um, Mm. It doesn't matter that you should you should just be happy with what you've been given. And that really raises in me the urge to resist. Um, Historical perspective is important. And I say that because I'm about to go into my next point, which is the Civil Rights Act was only signed in what, 1968? Mm. That's 50 some odd years, you know? Sixty years, almost. I guess Um, I'm bad at math, so we'll have to check that for me. But it's not. There's people still alive when that was right. Yeah, it's not that long ago. Yeah. So the fact that we're still having this conversation after you know that number of years, but also the fact that there are people that are still like, "Hey, you know, it's not about this or that," because you know, then they they offer. Different numbers, you know, more white people are killed by police every year than blacks. Well, Mm -hmm. there is also about three times the white population than there are of blacks in this country. That's important. It's not about, hey, we're being killed. It's about we're being killed disproportionately. Mm -hmm. It's about we're being locked up disproportionately. Those things have a much larger impact on our community. Uh And when you say that. To have someone counter with, well, you know, don't don't protest or don't, you know, it's like, no, it's a slap in the face. Yeah. And I know a lot of people in my age group feel very much like we are, you know, we're not our grandparents. We're not the... We're not the sit-in, you know, lock arms and sing, we shall overcome generation. We grew up on NWA. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's yeah. it's tough to yeah. kind of reconcile that <laughs> with the fact that I'm a dad now. Yeah. And, you know, there are things that I just can't do because I have an obligation to be available for these kids. Right. Um, but, you know, the for what I can do, I can... Engage in the difficult conversations. I can answer questions. And if people have genuine questions, they really want to attain understanding, I'm happy to have those conversations. Um, If people are looking for me to confirm biases well i'm sorry i'm not that guy you know i'm the guy on an expensive bike tearing down the road like just like a yeah, superhero exactly i'm breaking <laughs> conventions left and right you know so don't look at me to confirm a bias look for me to do the opposite of what you expect
1: yeah in you know being been on the bike for for as long as you have has there been any like Because the biking community, someone once told me the biking community is kind of like the wine community. It's very, like, snooty, Uh, right? Yes. And you're like, oh, if you you don't drink this wine, you have no idea what you're talking about, right? I mean, all that, like,
0: barriers to entry, nonsense. Right.
1: Um, You know, and has it been like, you
0: know, what's that experience for you? So, for me... I've actually been very fortunate that everyone I've met has been really supportive on this journey for, for, for me going from, you know, a person with an interest to an enthusiast hobbyist to Mm -hmm. what I would consider myself to be a serious road cyclist. Um, everyone has been really, really supportive and I have a really great network, um, I'm on first name basis with the people at my local bike shop. Um, by the way, support your local bike shop. Yeah. which bike shop do you? Use? Um, I use Wheeler Dealer. They're my exclusive bike dealer. Love those guys. They take care of me, and anytime I have money to spend, they'll see me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I've been able to, you know, if I'm out, I primarily ride alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I meet other cyclists, you know, it's they, they're really good about stopping and talking, you know, if we're both stopped in the same yeah. place or even if we're just passing one another, they've been really good. You know, it's it feels good even if we don't stop, you know, just give that wave, yeah. lift a head, a yeah. nod of the head, you know, um, it's really, really great. And so I haven't to my great pleasure mm-hmm. <laughs> had to deal with, you know, anybody being really stuck up or uptight about it. But like any insular community, Um, you know, you, there's, you have to kind of break into that. If people don't want to make a way, you have to make your own hole. And I, you know, I don't want people, especially young people who look like me, who come from similar circumstances Mm -hmm. to look at this and say, oh, well, you know, that's not something for me. Like anything can be something for you. Look, I did it. You know, it's just that easy. I mean, there's, I think a lot about the, um, the cost of entry yeah. to a hobby like this, which is a, there's a real financial barrier. And I think that there is a conversation to be had about making it more affordable. Sure. So a wider cross section of people can take part, but in doing that, in, in having the conversation first about, Hey, this is actually an option for you. Yeah. We can get to that other conversation. Right. So that's, important. yeah.
1: And like, my I mean I have my bike I bought my bike for my birthday as soon as I got mine like two or three months later my wife's like oh I want one now and you know zero percent finance the bike right and I think and that was I and that at the time it was like a $600 bike so in bike terms not super expensive right I think the same same day there was a guy buying thousands of thousands of dollars bike he could pick it up with his little finger carbon mm-hmm. frame the whole, and he was you know he was big into it and I'm sure he still is Uh, and sadly I think in biking and in a lot of things you can spend as much as you want to spend right they will take that money from you there's ways to there's you know the the wheels and all the rest but you can you can spend as much money as you want oh yeah Um, but I love what you said you know and I think when you said you know like I think it just comes down to the common love of something, right? Right. Like, you have a great conversation with people regardless of what they look like, how old they are, because you just love cycling. Right. And I had this experience recently at a local car show last Saturday. Um, You know, like, you've got people who like cars, you have the old guy, the typical cliche, he's there in his Corvette, you know, right. he's wearing his New Balance shoes kind of thing, his chrome everywhere. Like, <laughs> and then you have a kid who's like barely passed his driver's test who's put everything that he's earned mowing yards or whatever into this small little car, but he's made every modification he can personally. Right. And he works his butt off to do it and they just bring people together and I'm sure it's the same in the bike community too. Like you have people who, you know, the old guys who have, they've, they've retired, but they have money that they've saved up to spend on a nice bike, and then yeah. you have the young guys who everything they do goes towards their bike, right? Like, oh, but yeah. it comes down to this that common love of something, absolutely. And that's one thing that brings everyone together,
0: absolutely. And I, you know, it's a thing that I feel like we need more of, yeah. honestly. Um, whether it be you know, bikes or food, like we mentioned earlier, or you know, anything, it can yeah. be anything as long as there's. A, a commonality, you know, a common middle ground that we can all approach each other on. I think, you know, as people, we're social animals anyway. Yeah. We we want to have those connections. And so for me, the bike is my vehicle to get there, but it could just as easily be anything. I'm huge yeah. in the comic books. I'm huge in the movies. So it could be any of those things that we all really enjoy. And I think finding common common understanding in those things mm-hmm. will kind of help us move forward in other areas yeah. because we'll realize, Hey man, it's all, you know, it's all, we're all the same types right. of people. You know, we get up, we want to go to work, we hang out with our kids and we want to have a nice home and, you know, right. be taken care of. And, you know, I think that's very, a very human. When you look at things, you know, everything looks like a, it's a huge issue. There are these sure. big important issues, but when you break it down, it's all very small. It's the same metaphor I use when I'm riding my bike. If I'm riding 100 miles, I don't think, oh, okay, I have to ride 100 miles. Yeah. I ride 20 miles and then I ride the next 20 miles. Yeah. You eat an elephant one bite at a time. Yeah. It's the same thing.
1: Yeah. Um, talk about, you know, just current time future like where where you where's the cycling going i know you said you aren't going
0: to you know you're not a competitive guy have
1: you done any races would you do any races
0: i you know it, it comes up every now and again um i would really be interested in doing um the hotter than hell yeah um i would like to do yeah. that With so,
1: Wichita, uh yes Texas. yes it is yeah.
0: yep so that's a uh mid-range goal that yeah. i have um Physically, I feel like I, I'm well equipped for it. Yeah. Um, we'll have to see. I mean, you know, quarantine because that's a hundred
1: mile too. Oh right? yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. But you know, the the quarantine lockdown has kind of played hell with my fitness. But uh, oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I would like to do that um, going forward. I would like to work more on you know being a, presenting my story better. Um, mm-hmm. Instagram is my vehicle to do that, and so uh, I've been working on getting better at uh my photography you know yeah just kind of learning the actual steps of it instead of being just like i'm gonna do it with my phone here we go you know <laughs> um so do you use just your phone most um, of the time primarily i had been i actually uh got a canon m50 okay in november yeah. and so i've been doing a lot of my shots with that nice. um and just you know kind of really really thinking about going forward what um what my contribution is going to be to kind of helping grow cycling in my community. Um, A lot of the things that I do are because I love my city and I love my state. And so I'm thinking of ways that I can grow that and take that, enthusiasm about cycling and bring it to more people honestly i don't have anything concrete in that arena yet yeah but i mean i've got some some irons in the fire some things i'm trying to sure firm up so that's that's the next goal yeah i look
1: forward to seeing it i look forward to sharing some uh some of the stories that you you know you're gonna post and write and um yeah i think definitely doing i've heard about that hotter than hell and it yeah. does sound like hell um but from people who've done it they said that once you've done it it's just you know it's a great accomplishment and there's you know you've got a good group of you that want to do it together and you just you go ride for 100 miles which isn't something you've done many times before right. it's just 100 plus degrees outside yeah, exactly <laughs> in the middle of you know i guess not middle but was it north texas or whatever yeah you know, yeah it's, that's it's called harder than hell for a reason no doubt um, but yeah, this um, I really appreciate you like doing this. Like this means a lot to to be able to you know share the story and talk more and just have a sit down, and have a conversation. Absolutely, um, I'm happy to do it. Uh, for everyone listening i'll post Caldwell's uh instagram down below so you can go check out the stories if you're into cycling or want to get into cycling reach out ask questions that's how everybody gets into it you know i mean if you want to ask me questions i can answer some but i'm probably going to send you to <laughs> coldwell instead uh and then hopefully one day i can get to this level and i can join you on the bike hey man i'd be happy to have you awesome mate uh again really appreciate your time and for everyone listening we will catch you in next episode cheers
0: thank you for listening